Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Balls McWednesday, everybody. And uh, hey, so this is fun. I like this right off the bat. Uh, first of all, Tom is here. He is good to go. I am here. Good to go. You're here. Appreciate you. Pre-recording today. Uh, a couple things work-wise, uh, the reason. But, uh, but here's the deal. It, it's great because coming up in a few minutes, in fact, in about uh, 10 minutes from right now, we'll, uh, we'll get you started. Uh, I've got, uh, Brian McFadden on the program. Of course, you guys remember Brian McFadden. You remember how good he was here and, uh, the career that he had with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the national football league. And he's joining forces with us at warchant.com. I'm excited about that. And I'm going to be doing shows with him each week. And it's going to be a fun time because Bryant does really good work for CBS. Uh, you've probably heard him in podcasts. You've seen his videos. Uh, and now you'll see him with us uh, every Thursday. And we need a name for the show. So uh, Bryant and I are doing this show together. It's going to be a fixture on War Chan, And we just don't know what we should call it. And, uh, you know, he came up with some ideas. You'll hear him bring those up in the interview. I really didn't have a good idea. I mean, after all, I've been doing this show for over, what, 23, 24 years now, and it's just the Jeff Cameron show. I, I didn't, you know, he didn't have a, a, a name. I'm not good with that sort of thing. Tom is. Tom's pretty good at naming things a lot of times or creative ideas in general. It's a compliment that I don't mind passing to Tom as he is good at these kinds of things. But yesterday when I asked you, Tom, you didn't have anything either. So uh, hopefully our listeners will and they will send it in. I don't know. what You want them to email you? Who do you want them to email? 
They can well no, they can email you. Jeff at warchant.com. Jeff. Uh, come on, man. Why are we doing man, that? Your name's on the marquee. Your name's on the marquee of the show. Not just this one, but that one. Uh and also they can hit us up on the boards. We've had we've got an announcement thread today on warchant.com. The social media is going there. So anywhere that you see this uh graphic that we posted that says new show alert, and then it's got the photos of the two principals on the show. That's a place where you can respond. Again, you've got yourself. Uh, an NFL Super Bowl winning defensive back, former Noel, and you've got yourself the twenty, nearly twenty five years. Silver anniversary is coming up. It, 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 it is, cool. isn't it? It is twenty five years. Jesus, yep. yeah. Your silver anniversary, buddy. I don't know what we're gonna do. That maybe the silver anniversary will lend itself to some sort of platinum bohica that year. It's kind of the same thing, right? I had a guy say to me uh, about a week ago um, that he's been listening for a long time. And I and he looked very young, and I thought, well, I wonder how long. And he said, as long as he can remember. And I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 23, and I've lived in Tallahassee my whole life, and so I've just always had you on. My dad had you on, and that's really cool. And I always liked that. And then I thought to myself, after I walked away, uh, after meeting him and talking with him, I've been on the air longer than he's been alive. And that's a weird thing to say when you're not talking to like a seven-year-old. That's just weird. <laughs> it made me smile. It's cool. I love it. I mean, I, I get paid to do what I love. And I love this city. And I love that university. And I love uh, the listeners of the JCS, most of whom have been great over the years. And I just, I, it's awesome. But it is weird when we start talking about 25 years. Good Buddy, I listened to you, the show, in my teens. And I'm 36. So there you go. Yeah. I, was, I was an undergrad driving to Williams, no doubt, for an article and essay workshop class that I had, an evening class, because I always enjoy those five o'clock workshops. Everybody's brain was in a good spot, very creative spot. And I would hear uh, stories. You would regale us about what was going on with the ineffective nature of the offense up top, downtown, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yes. I remember. Yeah, I, I, I remember those days, too. I'm just so happy that these days, while we do the show, uh, I've got nothing but positive things to say about this offense. I mean, I don't know how, objectively speaking, how could you not say great things about this offense right now? And we're just scratching the surface because they were really good last year, and they're going to be much better this year, I believe. I believe they'll be much better this year. I think Florida State, I mean this, and I keep – talking about it and it's so exciting to be able to do so and i mean that genuinely they got a chance to be the best offense in the country I, I they could they could be one of the five best offenses in the country let's put it that way they they i said their only weakness of this team on offense on offense is they don't have a crazy change the scoreboard electrifying peter warwick type player at receiver, they don't have that. They're, you know, they have a a, a problem receiver. Uh, Johnny Wilson's a problem receiver receiver for people because of his size and how well he runs at that size. But he doesn't run away from people, and 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 there are people who have corners that can single cover him. Um, but he's he's a plus plus player. Uh, I think some of the other receivers are fun and and they make you. Uh, tough to match up against, but they're not change the scoreboard guys. And so that is the only weakness because you've got difference makers now at tight end. You got depth for days on the offensive line, depth for days at running back, and you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. 
Yeah, the balance on offense is going to allow for wide open matchups and one on ones that are mismatches, plain and simple before the snap. That's you know easy for the world to see, let alone a quarterback who is well versed in the system in Jordan Travis. And I think that's going to be the path towards creating a game changer type player that you may not have is because you're so balanced. The matchups will demand that you are going to be in a, in a really good position. And the thing I'd say for me, the number one weakness, and, and Corey wrote this in his observations a little bit yesterday. He wrote it, so I'll talk about it. Um, the middle of the offensive line at center, you're going to have to figure out some snapping issues. And that comes with training and development. And Casey Roddick is a player that they like potentially to play that position uh, in battle with Maurice Smith. But beyond Maurice Smith, if they want to run drills and and do so in a clean way right now they that david stickle is in there to snap the ball again these are in the observations piece you can find more of it on warchant.com you got to cultivate a couple more options there you know whether that's darius washington for the sixth year rotating in its center and in, in practice uh he's cross training across the, we know that he's a swiss army knife but you gotta have more than one dude who is power five capable who can snap a clean football and we're in March. We're not even yet in April. That's coming at the end of the week. So you've got plenty of time. But when you have to think about a weakness on the offense and you go as far as we've got to have more players who can snap the football, that's a really good sign. Because two years ago, we were saying we don't have anybody who can win a one-on-one matchup on the outside. We can't block. The quarterback is not accurate enough between the hash marks. I mean, what would you say you do here? You've gone from what would you say you do here to, all right, I guess I'm being nitpicky, but dot, dot, dot. It's incredible. I had this discussion with somebody from the Battle's End, and we were talking about the roster. And I was kind of picking his brain and asking questions just about certain players and what it meant for the likelihood that other players might transfer or how would we handle situations like this? Because it's all new for all of us. It's new for the Battle's End. Uh, It's not an organization that's been around for two cycles. So you do begin to wonder, and I talked about this yesterday on Seminole Headlines, like, you know, I don't think we know just yet. We would all love to think that it's going to be kumbaya and everybody loves each other and the locker room is really um, a, a great place and people love being at practice and love working out together and being around each other. That's true of this football program. They do have good culture. But guys want to play, and, and, and football players want to play football. So it's you get it. it. They have too many people. That's a great problem. At too many positions to think that they're not going to lose some of them. And I think it may be more than people realize. I, I know that I get a sense that that some on this staff uh, don't feel like they're going to lose, um, you know, more than say two two players. But I, I feel like. I feel like Florida State could lose seven or eight guys by the end of spring. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, I, I think that seven or eight number is more reasonable when you when you backdate it to you know Trey yeah. Ward and Malik McLean. I think if you backdate it to them, now you add McClendon. Yeah, I could see another three. So that's three right now. I could see another three or four. Yeah, yeah you could easily, right? Easily. Well, you got to make the numbers work too. We got too many dudes here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't know if in the, the modern era of college football with the NIL, if you could work around the 85, maybe you don't have your tuition paid for. But, hey, you know, it's 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 a brave right. world. I maybe there are nuances to that rule that I'm not aware of or it's a don't ask. Nobody say anything and we're going to take care of it kind of situation. But they got to make the numbers work. And uh, there are obvious candidates. I, I think the offensive line is a place. Oh, easily. Uh, I can name three guys right now. 
tight end is a place. Defensive back is could be a place if, if you really look hard at it. Maybe even defensive line in a couple of – I mean, that's always going to be the case when you're operating at where we want to operate. It's the case every year at Alabama, every year at Ohio State and Clemson. So, you know, I, I'm not uncomfortable about this conversation. I embrace this conversation. It's where you want to be as a program. Absolutely. You want too many good players battling for too few spots. Yep. <laughs> That's a wonderful problem. Like, man, our third stringer is really good, and he would start for anybody else in this conference. Uh, Yeah, he probably will be. He, he's going to walk. Yep. Um, That's, that's and, how Jermaine Johnson came here. Yeah, it's exactly right. And, you know, and, and I get it. Some guys, because it's true, some guys, we're seeing this with the basketball team right now, they're just happy being on scholarship at Florida State. They don't really care if they play. But that's a mentality you don't want. You don't want that. You want guys fighting at all times. You want battles. You want people to get after it. So uh, I, I I just feel like more and more for Florida State, um, you're going to see some guys leave and, and will be victimized in that sense by the portal in the way that we victimized other programs and our resurgence. So that's not such a bad thing at all. It's something that you just have to kind of mentally prepare for. All right. So Bryant McFadden is set to join us. We recorded this yesterday, just so you know, Bryant McFadden interview. That is, I love sitting down and get, start to get to know him. You know, I interviewed him when he was here all those years ago to bring in full circle, Tom, uh, in Oh four and, and talked with him. I remember this uh, on the sidelines and, um, and, and and I brought it up to him, but now here he is joining us on the Jeff Cameron show. And then tomorrow night at seven o'clock on Warchant TV, you can join us for another conversation and you guys can chime in, ask questions and it'll be fun, but we need a name. Send it to Jeff at Warchant.com. Feel free, fire away. We need a name, Jeff at Warchant.com. I'll get those emails uh, and, and let's make them tasteful somewhat, right? Let's, let's figure something out. A name for this show with me and Bryant McFadden. All right, Jeff Cameron show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant. TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS.
Cliff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. And if you're watching on War Chant TV right now, you see a familiar face. Look at that guy. You remember Brian McFadden running around Doe Campbell Stadium making plays? You remember him making plays with the Pittsburgh Steelers, winning Super Bowls? You see him on CBS Sports on the regular. You see him around town on the regular. He's always working with the Seminoles to help out. Now he's going to be working with us here at War Chant, and we're excited I'm really pumped up to be able to talk to Bryant McFadden right now on the show and to be working with him coming up. Bryant, what's up, man? How you doing? Jeff, what's happening? I'm excited as well. It's a great time to be associated with the Florida State Seminoles, especially on the football side of things, man. It's a lot of high, lofty expectations, and I'm so happy to be able to watch all of this uh, unfold with you. Yeah, we'll document it. We'll have opinions about it. We'll talk about it on the regular. Let me lay it out for everybody. So... Ryan's joining us on War Chant, and we're going to do a lot more as the season gets underway. Right now in the spring, we're going to get together once a week and uh, just try to talk 30 minutes. We'll do some interactive stuff with you guys, the fans that are listening. When you're in the chat, you'll have an opportunity to ask questions. Uh, and, and, and really, just in general, we'll be kind of looking at the Seminole football team because I think, Brian, we both know this is a team that has a chance to, to really take a huge step forward. They did last year. The first time in a long time, Florida State fans are abuzz with the possibilities that this team could win. I don't know. The ACC could, if they were to do that, make the college football playoff. They got a stud at quarterback. They're loaded on the offensive defensive line. There's real hope back in Tallahassee. And so what a good time for you and I to be talking about what this team is and what they could be. In other words, to document the climb. Uh, No question. And I think when you talk about Florida State fans, for such a long time, especially during the Bobby Bowden era, you were so accustomed to seeing high level of play. You were so accustomed to seeing championship like play. And then there was a hiatus from that type style. And now you got an opportunity to witness and feel how it feels to be a fan of other universities that have not been as relevant as the Florida State Seminoles were in the eight, late 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. So now the fans are wanting, they're so hungry for that style of play and for us to get some, to have some of those glimpses happen last year. The way how the season unfolded, how the guys finished, winning double-digit games. It's been a long time since we've been able to achieve that feat as well. And now with all, so many significant guys returning, the expectations are higher once again. So yes, man, this is a great time to be alive, number one. It's a great time to be rooting for Florida State. Because, man, we can do something. We can all witness something extremely great based on what we have on the roster, collectively speaking, and how well these guys perform together. And just their all their, their love for the game. I really love that. I, I really love seeing kids that showcase they love football because results will follow. And usually those results are all positive. So for those that don't know also – Ryan and I have decided to do this show together, but we don't have a name for it. We, we don't have a name for it. <laughs> we emailed back and forth. We're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's all right. So we wanted to make it interactive to begin with. 
I'm putting it on you guys. You guys are listening to this segment right now. You're watching this segment right now. You guys are always good whenever we ask you for feedback, whenever we ask you to participate, or whenever we ask you to help out with charities that we're involved with. You guys come through with flying colors. So I'm going to ask you now. We're going to ask you. Throw it at us, man. You can email us. You guys will see it. We'll post it up here after the link goes up on Warchant TV and in the podcast. We'll have a place where you guys can vote on a name. Obviously, it's got to be something Florida State related. We're largely documenting Florida State. I mean, we'll kick it with the NFL and some other stuff, too. But for the most part, it's going to be Florida State. And, and there's good reason, as we were just talking about. So feel free to, to make some suggestions for what the name of this weekly show should be. Hey. Brian McFadden and myself. And, and again, it's going to be on Thursdays. And so as you listen to this right now, it's a Wednesday. Yep. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Brian and I are getting together. That's Thursday at 7 p.m. You guys are all invited to ask questions. Probably spend 30 minutes, maybe more, just to see how it goes. And you guys can start asking questions to Brian McFadden about what he expects to see. It could be questions about what he's looking at in the secondary. It could be whatever you want it to be pretty much Florida State related. And most of you are like me. Uh, some of you are the younger demo, but a lot of you remember Brian's career at Florida State. You remember when he got drafted. By the way, let me ask you that. I do this all the time with folks that I know that had the opportunity to get drafted and went into the league. We do a draft party every year, Brian, on the Jeff Cameron show. We go to a, an establishment. We have people come out repping their favorite you know, teams, and they got their jerseys on, and we all sit around and watch the draft couple cold ones eating some wings and everybody's yelling at the screen as a guy gets drafted and they're screaming at each other about which team failed, which team succeeded, even though none of us really know until a few years down the road and we have fun with it. But I always wonder, and you got drafted in the second round. So what was it like for you entering into the draft? Like where was your head at? What were your representatives telling you? When did you think you'd be drafted? Did you think it would be the Steelers? Take me through that process a little bit because pretty soon we're going to be having that draft party, and I'd love to just pick your brain a little bit about what it is we're watching and what's it like for a player who gets drafted. Uh, for me, it was an emotional roller coaster. You know what I mean? I say this all the time in regards to the draft, Jeff. There are only like five or six guys, players, prospects, that are extremely happy with where they got drafted at. And it's usually the guys that go top five. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, they feel some type of way. They feel like this shit gotten called <laughs> earlier than when they were selected. So for me, I, I was hearing anywhere in the late first round, towards the end of the first round, early second, that's probably a realistic spot for me. Um, and the first round happened. The end of the first round happened. Nothing happened. I didn't get any calls or anything like that. Early second round took off. Didn't really get any activity. And by that time, I was extremely frustrated. I was pissed. I was extremely frustrated, not to mention seeing so many defensive backs, so many corners get their name called, and I was just sitting and waiting. So towards the back end of the second round, I finally got that call. And I went from being emotionally frustrated to excited, but then pissed all over again. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I didn't have, I didn't think I was going to Pittsburgh. I never had any communication with Pittsburgh the entire time. The only time I spoke to Pittsburgh was at the Combine, even at our pro day in Tallahassee. I didn't have any one-on-one -on -one dialogue with the Steelers. So that came out of left field. And I remember when I got drafted to Pittsburgh, number one, I was pissed because I thought I should have been drafted earlier. 
Number two, I'm like, I'm going to freaking Pittsburgh. Who wants to go to Pittsburgh? Like Pittsburgh is not a city where you just, hey, I got vacation time. Let's go to Pittsburgh, right? Jeff, no one is doing that unless you're from the area. No one says, hey, you want to go to a vacation, have a vacation? Hey, let's go pick Pittsburgh. No one is really doing that. And I remember my high school coach who was at my house, he instantly walked up to me, pat me on the back, said, be mad, man, don't worry about it. I know you're mad. But you're going to an organization that competes for a playoff spot every year. At, at that time, Jeff, I wasn't hearing none of that. I don't care anything about any playoffs. Man, I wanted to go to a nice location, a nice city where I can really enjoy being a professional player. I don't want to go to Gotham City. That's what I thought about when I thought of Pittsburgh. I thought of a gloomy city. It's never really sunny. It's always kind of misty, a little cold. Like, I'm like, I don't want to go to Gotham City. But he was right. You know what I mean? He was right. My entire time in Pittsburgh... Man, we we competed for championships, you know what I mean? Played in three Super Bowls, one, two. Um, that town really embraced me. And I'm so happy I got drafted to Pittsburgh because I got an opportunity to really see what the love of football really looks like on a professional level. Having friends that play for other organizations, they didn't get the love we got in Pittsburgh. I mean, they treated us like royalty. You know, if you want some groceries, here you go. You want a car? Here you go. You want some furniture? Here you go. Like when we were when we were winning, Jeff, oh, there's nothing in the city we couldn't do. Right. It's it, it, this amazes me. It's so funny to hear the perspective because, OK, so first of all, I'm wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates cap, right? I'm mm-hmm. a lifelong Pittsburgh Pirates fan from the 70s. I'm 51. I think you're 41. All yep. right. So I so I grew up. Connecting to football when the Steelers and the Cowboys were the two best pro franchises in all of football. And they played each other in the Super Bowl in the 70s all the time. And in many ways to this day, if you think of, I don't know, three teams in the NFL, Pittsburgh is going to be one of the three that no is question. named Facts. immediately. Facts. And that fan base is uh. arguably the most passionate fan base in all of sports. Like, Brian, we complain. I'm a Bucks fan. I'm from Tampa. I'm a Bucks fan. Never mind how I became a Pirates fan, but anyhow, I am. I, I I grew up going to Bucks games. If you go to a sports bar in any city of America to watch your favorite team, and it's not the Steelers, you look around and you're pissed because the bar is filled with Steelers fans. No. All Steelers yes. fans, they're everywhere. So it didn't take you very long, I can't imagine, before you were like, oh, well, this this could not be any better than being right here right now with these folks. Yo, Jeff, oftentimes when we would travel as the road team, you don't usually hear the home team having to utilize a silent count because it's too loud. <laughs> like, we used to travel. We go to certain certain destinations. We're the road team, but the stadium is filled with terrible towels. So when the home offense steps on the football field, they got to utilize a silent count because they couldn't hear the quarterback. That's how loud it was with Steeler fans. We go out to Arizona, Steeler Nation takes over. We go to Houston, Steeler Nation takes over. We go to Tampa, we go to Miami, we go to Jacksonville. We go to any spot where there's not like a Green Bay Packer ish type vibe going on or the Raiders or the Cowboys even in Dallas we used to take over Dallas as well it would be Steeler Nation my first Super Bowl in Detroit Super Bowl 40 playing against Seattle the entire 
stadium was terrible towel out. That's it. It's, and, and when we went, and my cousin, who's Patrick Peterson, he just signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I told him, he's played with two other organizations in his career, Arizona, Minnesota. I told him, I said, listen, if y'all win, you're not, you're, you would never experience anything like being a Steeler player ever in your life. Funny story, Jeff. 2011, which was unfortunately my last season in Pittsburgh. During training camp in August, we got a break from training camp, which happens in Latrobe, PA. Right. We all go back to the city to enjoy our off time, to hang out, get a bite to eat, blah, blah, blah. I ended up running a, a red light. Not on purpose. Accidentally, I ran a red light. Cops come to the car. Oh, B-Mac, how you doing? Oh, man, I, I said, my bad. I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. Don't worry about it. You know, here you go. Gave me a little... uh. Gave me like warning. a warning, a warning or something like that, man. Enjoy, enjoy your off days, man. We can't wait to watch you guys get ready for the season, right? That's the type of love in Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? By that time, we had already won two championships, so oh, yeah. hey, we can't even do any wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so 2011 happens. I get injured, didn't really play a lot. Eventually, in the off season in March, I got cut. I got released. I kind of saw it happening. Didn't play my salary. Blah blah blah. Nature of the beast in the business game. I get released in March. I'm living in South Florida. That's where I was living at the time. And late April, I get a, I get something from the mail from Pittsburgh. I'm like, what? I know this is not from the Steelers because usually it would show, it would say the Steelers emblem on the envelope. I'm like, what is this? I get a citation from Pittsburgh saying I had an outstanding ticket that I never paid. <laughs> so I'm like. I'm like, what is this? And, and it had a picture of my vehicle and everything, right? So I'm thinking somebody's playing a trick on me. Like, man, somebody did somebody have my car? Because we was in training camp. I totally, it was, I, I totally forgot about the whole pullover incident in August. Long story short, because I wasn't a stealer anymore, oh, yeah, they exactly. issued me a ticket. <laughs> it's almost like they retro, they're like, oh, they cut him? Okay. Let's write up that ticket. They cut him? <laughs> as long as I was going to be a stealer, I probably wouldn't have saw anything in regards to that citation. But that, that, that's just how, how it is, man. And it was, you know, it wasn't a major citation. I paid, took care of it. But I was like, wait a minute. They waited? They held on to that? Like, I thought I was good. That's so good. Brian McFadden joins us on the Jeff Cameron Show. And we're going to be talking with each other throughout the season, doing a show together on Thursday nights. I'm looking forward to it. Brian, I got, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. We were talking about building up and getting ready for the draft, and you mentioned the combine. I've always thought the combine looked like the most stressful thing I've ever witnessed. I mean, I love watching. You know, these athletes are unbelievable, and some of the numbers you see from these things are just – you end up gobsmacked. But for you as a player, knowing your future, where you might get drafted, how much money you're going to make, all of it is on the line. What's that like? What's the combine like? What are how are because I always see these guys that are able to perform in those moments to block it out and to breathe and get the most out of their athleticism. And then other guys, you, you can almost tell like it's affecting them. They're not at their best the way they were on Saturdays in the fall. And they, they seem to be very aware of the moment for you, Brian. When, how, how did you handle that? What was that like? I really enjoyed the process because everyone they don't get an invite to the combine. So it's a luxury. Right. It's a privilege, right? That's the first thing that you have to realize. Number two, it's the ultimate job interview. And you know, Jeff, it's no different than you, you know, growing up, going and trying to get a source of employment for 
for the people that are tuning in, checking us out, your first job interview, your second or your third, you feel good as long as you're prepared. If you're not prepared, no question, you're nervous. You're a wreck. You, you, you don't know. You're uncomfortable because you're not prepared. But when you prepare, you're ready to rock and roll. You know yep. the drills they're going to give you. You know everything you're going to go through athletically. You know what I mean? Now, from the interview process, you don't know exactly what will be asked of you. But anything in regards to just football, question, football talk, you should be prepared for it. So I was prepared. Number one, now I can say this because of not knowing what to expect during the interview process. You know, it kind of you kind of over, you know, you were overthinking a little bit, not knowing mm -hmm. like which angle. Are they going to just ask me football questions? Are they going to try to figure out, you know, I'm a, I'm a little throw it off or I'm, I'm this, I'm that. But anything in regards to just being football related. I mean, it was it was it was a great opportunity. You know what I mean? You done backpedal your entire life. You don't have to change anything based on that. You know, you don't broke on routes your entire life playing that same position. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? You just got to do it on a larger scale and knowing that everyone that you want to see will be watching you. So it, it was the most drooling process, I would say, is the medical. Because if you're a guy that dealt with a lot of injuries in college, you're going to be at the hospital for a long, long time. Mm. Everything that you injured in college, it can be your freshman year, redshirt year, whatever yeah. the case may be, they're going to do their due diligence to see are you 100% healed from that. So that can be a very, very lengthy process. But outside of that, Jeff, man, it, it was a pleasure. It was, it was definitely a, a pleasure. You saw it as a chance to showcase. Yeah, so that's that's a, a positive way of looking at it. Like, well, here's my chance to shine. Uh, no question. Yeah, no, you you let me in. Now I'm going to show you. Yeah, so that's that's it's very proactive. How often do guys get into it in locker rooms about where they played? Because you've always oh, all the time. Yeah. Listen, like on Saturdays, it's college football day. Usually for us in the NFL, if you're a home team, you still got to go to the facilities to do your, your Saturday walkthrough, right? Mm -hmm. For me, uh, in Pittsburgh, my rookie year, I used to have to bring at home games, we would bring uh, donuts and, and breakfast food and road games. We would bring uh, I think it was Popeye's chicken or something like that. But we will be in the facilities early on Saturday because usually if we travel, we didn't fly out until like 2 or 2.30. Mm -hmm. So that time, leading up from 9 a.m. to whatever time it was to depart to the airport, we in the facilities watching football. And then if we're the home team, you know, we get there around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. We're in the facilities watching until we go through our Saturday regiment. So, yes, we talk, we talk big time. And then most of us, we love wearing our collegiate memorabilia in the facility you sure. know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, so that yeah, seminal yeah. here used to be real used to be seen all the time in pittsburgh so yes we talk trash a lot you know i had some opportunities to talk a lot of trash when i was in pittsburgh some some of the years wasn't as good as you know well, of course. but it's, yeah. it's a big deal it's pride it's about pride you know you, we're very very prideful of the institution we played for on saturdays and no question and you know it's a lot of haters in regards to Florida state Oh yeah, man. Well, because, there's a lot of haters. Well, if you are, if you're part of a program that has been a major player in the fabric of college football over the last 50 years, there ain't too many people that can line up their resume next to Florida State. There are a few, but not that many. So I can't imagine you heard too much from too many people. You hear from Miami, you might hear it, you know, from Alabama down the line or something like that. But you're not going to hear it from too many people. Oklahoma could talk a little bit, you know, but. Well, who's saying anything to Florida State? No, exactly. And I remember my rookie year, 
at the end of the season, when I kind of finally imprinted myself into the lineup, I remember Bill Carr telling me, he was like, because Bill Carr didn't really talk to me a lot my rookie year. Mind you, I was a second-round pick. You right. know what I mean? So I'm like, I should have more dialogue with the head coach. I didn't really talk to him at all. But he told me at the end of the season, when we won the Super Bowl, or, or it, I think it was during our playoff run. Whatever the case was, you know, I was kind of, like I said, I was imprinted into the lineup. He said, I had to humble you because I know how you Florida, Florida State, State guys can be. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I said, coach, like I haven't said a lot since I've been here. I'm a rookie. I have no reason to say anything because I haven't really done anything. And he's like, no, I just know how you guys are from Florida State. You know, you, 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 you play big time football. You kind of think you know everything in the football wise. because so You've been superstars on that level. I just had to make sure you wasn't getting too big for your britches. Like what? But that's that, that's how the mindset used to be from guys that come from Tallahassee. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Did he did he at least give you some love when you picked off uh, in, when you got your first interception against Jacksonville? Oh no question, no question, no I was question. Say, he, he talked to you he, then, didn't he? he? He showed me a little love. He still gave me that that sweet chin music where he just really didn't smile, but you know he had that real straight long face, and he and and he just was like. Mm. He didn't want to give me too much love because at that time, I guess he didn't want to boost my ego and be like, oh, here, here go to Florida State in him. But throughout the year, oh, man, yeah, Coach Kyle, man, was, was my guy, man, and, and I, I really appreciate the tough love that he showed me as a rookie um, because, you know, that's something that I was used to coming from Tallahassee, you know, coming from Mickey Andrews and oh, where yeah. he coached us on the defensive side. Oh, man, tough love was a, was a necessity coming from uh, Coach Andrews and – being able to utilize and have that mindset to be able to go through certain adverse situations prepared me for life in the NFL. I always said, and I, I wonder if it was the same in your mind, that you can handle a coach saying, in, uh, from, a, from an outsider's perspective, some of the things Coach Andrews would say to kids, and I was at practice, and I remember hearing <laughs> some of those things. I mean, they're, they're colorful, you know. <laughs> I mean, some could, of the things he'd say. Hey, Jeff, Coach Andrews couldn't coach today. No, no, he'd be in trouble. But but my point is, like, everybody who's ever played for Coach Andrews loved him. So no question. The, the, the whole thing about tough love and, and, and coaching somebody hard is the player has to know that the coach cares about him. And if he cares about you, then he can say almost anything, almost mm -hmm. anything, because you know it's coming from a place where he's trying to make you better because he cares about you. Exactly. And, and, and Coach Andrews will always emphasize, if you don't hear me say anything to you, then that's when you, you should be worried. You got a problem. Th that's the problem. If I'm not saying anything to you, huh, now you should be overly concerned. But, yeah, at that time, some of the things and and what Coach Andrews were doing didn't really resonate because we're caught up in the moment. You know, football is a very, very emotional-driven-like game at times. Sure. But now you step away and you become older, you appreciate what he was saying, his coaching tactics and his methods and stuff like that. There's no other better, in my opinion, than Coach Andrews. I feel like my entire career, Jeff, I was in football heaven in regards to coaching. College, I had Bobby, Mickey. I go to Pittsburgh, I got Bill Cowher, Dick LeBeau. Wow. Bill Cowher leaves, I got Mike Tomlin, Dick LeBeau. Like, every individual that coached me Collegiately or professionally, or Hall, Hall of, of Famers. Famers. Hall of Famers. So, Brian, really quick, and because we could do this all day. I'm loving this already. So I, I I'll let you go on this note. And and again, everybody, 
We're going to give you a chance to vote on the name of the show. We're going to be doing this. Yeah. And also, too, Jeff, remember, I, I, there are a few names for our viewers to kind of chime in. And this is something that a quick list that I put together. And yeah. for you guys that want to add something to uh, the repertoire, then let us know. Tomahawk, Tomahawk Press All right. is, is a name. Top Talk yep. is a name. First and Goal, Climb Watch. So those are the only fours that I can think of. But yeah. for our fans, you know, please let us know. If you have a, a unique name that you would like our show to be, just let us know. If you like one of the ones that I gave you, Tomahawk Press, Chop, Chop Talk, First and Goal, Climb Watch, let us know as well. They'll, they'll respond. We'll get plenty. Uh, they're, they're creative people out there. And then you and I will kick them around and decide what we like. Dick I like LeBeau, it. I like it. Dick LeBeau is a legend for those mm -hmm. who love football. And I always heard how smart he was and how complicated uh, he, he could make defense. Could you, did you right away know that you were being guided by somebody really special? What was it about Dick LeBeau? Because I, you will hear former players, and he's been a lot of places, when you hear them talk about Dick LeBeau, they almost all say, oh, the best there is, and they also bring up Cerebral. So what was uh -huh. it about Dick LeBeau that immediately stood out to you? Even kill. He never allowed the moment to become too big. He never raised his voice. One mm -hmm. thing about Dick LeBeau, every day he started our team meeting the same defensively. It's a great day to be alive, man. That's how he walked into the meeting. And that really was important for us, especially in the month of November, when it's hard on your body, mentally and yeah. physically. You know, you're midway through the season, you're hurting. Mentally, you're drained. He walks in. It's a great day to be alive. So let's go get it done. Let's take advantage of it. Treat every day like it's a game seven, like there's no tomorrow, right? right? But then when you look at what he did as a player, 60-plus interceptions, one of the best defensive backs to ever play in the game, and he was so instinctive. Man, Dick LeBeau was such a cool individual. And I used to always love talking to him during practice just about football. And one cool story I have with Dick LeBeau, I used to always consider myself to be a historian of the game. Mm -hmm. So playing for Dick LeBeau, of course, you know, he was, quote, unquote, the mastermind of the fire zone concept, which is basically a man zone concept where you're bringing pressure. So one day at practice when we weren't involved, the offense was going against the scout D. And every day in practice when he's not coaching, he was in his late 60s at the time, early 70s, he's doing push-ups. On, so when he's not coaching, he's doing reps of push-ups, right? So I walked over to him. I said, Coach LeBlanc, I got a question for you. He's like, what's happening, Matt? Uh, <laughs> sounding like Clint Eastwood a little bit. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah. Dirty hat. Yeah, yeah, rasp. What's, what's up, Matt? I said, Coach, why everybody want to give you credit for creating a fire zone? So I'm kind of like, like kind of messing with him. Like, why are, you, why are you the fire zone creator? Like, who said that was okay to give you that title? He said, well... Let me share a story with you. He said one day while he was playing with Detroit, remember Dick LeBeau played with Night Train Lane and, and, yeah. and Barney, you know what I mean? Lim Barney, yeah. Hall of Famers, right? He said, we're playing, we're playing against someone. This is during a, a game, actually. So they break the huddle, and it's a cover two called. So LeBeau and Train on the same side. There's two receivers to their side, right? Dick look, uh, Night Train Lane looks at Dick LeBeau and said, Dickie, I'm blitzing. 
So Coach Lebone said, Train, what you mean you blitzing? We're playing cover two. You can't blitz. It's two receivers to our side. Train says, I don't care, Dickie. I'm blitzing. I'm gone. So, so Coach LeBeau says, well, Train, what you want me to do? How am I covering two guys? He said, get it done, but I'm gone. So apparently, <laughs> that's how the fire zone concept yeah. was created. It happened in the flow of Dick Knight Train Lane. If you don't know anything about Dick Knight Train Lane, Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. Rookie yeah. year had 14 interceptions, a record that still stands to this day. Yeah. Decided to blitz in a cover two, and they brought unexpected pressure. Sure. But Dick LeBeau had was responsible for two wide receivers, you know what I mean, that were in the route concept. And he said that's where the fire zone concept came from. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So just so so many unique stories I can share with you with Dick LeBeau. Uh, but that's 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 the concept. And over to my right, you guys can see it, one of our staple fire zones. I have a poster in this frame. It was Sound Fire Zone, Dick LeBeau. He created that defense in 1988. And it's something that's still a staple in football to this day. Sound Fire Zone, which is bringing nickel edge pressure. You have the outside contained player. As the contained player, the nickel replaces the edge rusher, and now he's an inside blitzer. That's something that has been ran consistently, not just in the NFL, Jeff, but yeah. college, high school. And he created that defense. I have it framed over there. 1988 is when he created Sound Fire Zone. So that's, that's just the type of player he was and coach he was. And that story right now still resonates to me to this day because I'm like, what? That's how it happened? But it makes sense. It makes sense. And because of it, it's like most things that get invented. It's out of necessity. He had to figure out a way in the moment. During the game. During the game, he said, Dick Train, Night Train Lane said, I'm blitzing in cover two. Like, and at that time, that's never been done before. No one ever yeah. saw that at that time. Uh, good, yeah. That's too good. That's too good. See, this is the kind of fun we're gonna have, man. And and we'll and we'll learn a lot about football on a week-to-week basis. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining me on the Jeff Cameron Show. I'll see you Thursday. Same with everybody else that's going to be tuning in. We're going to have a fun year. This is going to be great. Florida State's on the verge of doing special things. We want to welcome Brian McFadden into the family here. He's always been part of the Seminole family, of course. And he's doing stuff with us now on War Chant. Uh, We'll be talking a lot, brother. It's it's good to talk to you, man. Thanks for the stories, and I'll talk to you on Thursday, okay? Yes, sir. And, hey, Jeff, I can't wait to hear what the fans have for us as our show name. I'm so right, excited. Perfect. Perfect. We're going to find out. I bet we'll get a hundred of these at least. There's got to <laughs> no be doubt, a good no name doubt. in there. There's got to be, right? Yes, sir. Be good, man. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. That was great. That was fun. Appreciate Brian McFadden. We'll react to it on the other side in hour number two in a moment. First, though, I want to thank Terry's Pool Service for supporting our Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Charity Golf Tournament for a second consecutive year. Thank you very much, Terry's Pool Service. Uh, If you're still trying to get that pool into shape, there's nothing wrong with asking for a little help from Terry's Pool Service. Spring is just about here, and your family is expecting to see a backyard paradise. With green water, yellow pollen, the collection of who knows what in that corner over there, 
going to need help, and you'll need it fast. Needless to say, calling Terry's Pool Service will help save your pool. Check them out at terryspools.net, terryspools.net, or call 850-580-7334 because you never know when you'll need them, Terry's Pool Service. We do appreciate Terry's. Thank you very much, guys. It's, uh, two weeks from tomorrow, buddy. Got to get in full swing. No pun intended here. We got to get in good shape for this thing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you bring up full swing. I I just, ever since I've watched that uh, Netflix series, all I can think about is, um, uh, what's his face? The the guy who wears the the cap, the, the big doofy, goofus, doofus hat uh, who had cancer. Um, it was episode four. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? Um, I'll think of it in a second. He's one of my favorite golfers, and I cannot remember his name now. <laughs> he won a major. No, he's never won a major. I'll think of his name in a second. People are screaming it at their TVs or at their video right now. When we come back, I'll tell you his name. That's ridiculous on my part. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. <laughs> 